It's another week of the NHSportsPage.com podcast. I'm Justin McIsaac along with Dave Haley, who is uh, live at NHSportsPage.com headquarters out on the uh, seacoast of New Hampshire. And uh, this week's podcast is brought to you by uh, Great Bay Community College, our friends at Great Bay with locations in Rochester and in Portsmouth. Uh, check out their athletics page at GoGreatBay.com if you want to see about uh, playing some sports while going to college at a reduced cost, which is the best of both worlds, right, uh, Mr. Haley? Absolutely. We're going to have our uh, coaches for a cause, Jamboree, uh, 12-team Jamboree. This will be the seventh annual, I think. Um, it I need to ask seven KJ already? Maddie, cause you, yeah, I mean, sixth annual? It, KJ Maddie was a freshman the wow. first year. So I think this makes it the sixth annual. I feel like we're um, old at this point, right? We're, yeah. I mean, we've always been old. There. Now we're very we old. We had a scrawny little kid playing it by the name of Wenyan Gabriel, who no one's heard from since, sadly. I think he's just playing pickup ball someplace. In Concord or something I like that. I think he retired, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he looks good in Sacramento Kings. Uh, whatever whatever shade of blue, purple. That purple. Is. It's the color, gonna, the color of royalty, Dave. It is. <laughs> we're going to um, do a podcast with McIsaac and I to announce the matchups uh, for that Coaches for a Cause Jamboree, uh, sometimes right after Columbus Day weekend, and that's uh, a huge event for us. We're raising money for uh, the New Horizons uh, Food Pantry and Homeless Shelter in Manchester. And uh, we got really good matchups this year. Uh, we got a few Division three teams in this year, so uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, that announcement. That will be coming in the next couple of weeks. That will be fun. All right, so uh, as we do every week, uh, three up and three down in uh, New Hampshire high school football. Which Is this the midway point? Yeah, this uh, for Division one. this will be – uh, these games will put them over the halfway point in Division Three too, because Division Three is playing nine games as well. So, yeah, you've you've reached the halfway mark, Dave. Already, we're there. Yeah, no, we're there. Um, put out the Thursday column today, in which before I begin my division, my three up and three down, I posed the question uh, in my column today, which I'm sure you've absorbed several times already, Justin. Uh, is Bedford a wagon? <laughs> He killed Nashua North in week one. That Nashua North team just beat Manchester Central, and Bedford's been rolling over people, so they've got a game. They're not one of my top three up or three down, although they beat Central this weekend. They will be next week. But uh, Bedford might be really, really, really good, and we just don't know us yet because we've been paying a lot of attention to the likes of Pinkerton and Londonderry and Salem and uh, Merrimack and, and, and Nashua North. So uh, keep an eye out on Bedford. That's got to be breaking news for you that uh, Bedford might be really good. Really? Is Are they a new school? Are they? Uh, <laughs> is, is this their first year having a football program? Oh, no, not wait, they a have 1,000 kids, right? Not a lot of kids. I think they've got 17 kids on the roster. Very poor, blue-collar town, right? A lot they of mills there. They onion field. Yeah, it's tough. They don't even have – yeah, they use an old tree. <laughs> With a with you know and a branch hanging down as their goalpost, it's you know wow. depressing over there. If you live in the best thing. If you live in Bedford and you woke up and with Mir Dave's uh, bank account, you would go back to sleep immediately. And just try. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Things are good in Bedford. Let's put it that way. So my first uh, up uh, as we go three up first, then we'll go three down. Is our UNI's and really the nation's Winnesquam Bears with a really nice win. Stop Bears. The Bears with a big 34-18 win over newfound Angelo Glover. Uh, unfortunately, did not win. Poor Angelo Glover in the uh, the Player of the Week poll. I think he got something like 15,000 votes and came in fourth. That's, that's how many <laughs> votes he had. <laughs> we had 67,000 votes in 36 hours, so that shows the audience and uh, how people are into it. So I think that's great. But uh, Winnescom got a, a really good win over newfound. Uh, to go to three and zero in the division, uh, they get uh, a game this weekend against Raymond. 
and then they play uh, Mass Foma on the road next week, then followed by Bishop Brady, and then uh, excited to announce, as I did in today's column, that the franchise, Jennifer Chick, Ruth, and I will be in Tilton on October 27th, a Saturday, when Winnesquam hosts our rival Franklin. It would be pretty cool if those teams are one and two in Division Four at that point. But right now, I think Winnesquam might be the class of the division. Um, we'll, we shall see. That's a tough Raymond team. I know you were kind of high on Raymond coming into the season. But yeah, a lot, right of young, now, a lot of young talent on that Raymond team. They had a whole bunch of freshmen that could really play last yeah. year. So, Yeah, so interesting if they're a year away or not. They're 2-1. and one. I mean, the standings right now, the only two undefeated teams in the division are Winnesquam and Franklin. Again, we're going to see on October 27th. I did a adrenaline uh, fundraiser with Winnesquam, and they were there. I know those those kids pretty well by now. They're really a fun group of kids, and Pat Riberty is uh, was terrific. I thought he knocked it out of the park on our radio show last week. If you haven't listened to it, get a chance because he talks a lot about the the, uh, the Shrine game. He was the head coach this year against Vermont, and kind of the challenge of getting kids in that game and reaching out to coaches. But uh, you know, Newfound and Raymond are two and one. Um, so anyway, I thought that was a big win for them against Newfound, kind of a power-running team, and they were able to hold them at 18 points. So defensively, I thought Winnesquam really impressed last week. Yeah, and every game is important in D4 because there's only four teams that make the playoffs, and uh, you know if you want to host one of those semifinal games, uh, you got to be uh, top two. So that's uh, every game right. means so much. It, it, just a seven-game schedule, I believe, for Division Four because there's eight teams in the division this year. It's so good, isn't it? Isn't it great to have this? I mean, you know. It, yeah, there's comp- Farmington Newt gets to play competitive games now. Granted, yeah. they're still zero three, but they're not losing. You know, they're not down fifty to nothing at the end of the first no. quarter to Campbell. Which so it's, they it's, have a chance. They have a chance. And Fall Mountain, who's Fall Mountain's zero three, but they've been really competitive in each one of their games. Uh, Orion Bell does a, a really good job over there. He's a second year head coach. And for Fall Mountain, they've been competitive. You know, they lost twenty to twelve to Raymond, twenty to twelve to Winnesquam, and twenty to eight against uh, Franklin, which proves one thing, one thing only: they give up twenty points every single week. Right, exactly. No, I've, and I've heard some people say, "Well, you know, it's not completely fixed." Well, it's better. Okay, it's they're going and trending in the right direction. With it's way better. Yeah, it's way better. And, and last year, I mean, I wrote a column about it. we talked about it on the radio show, and I'm sure in your top ten, it was mentioned a bunch of times. It's ridiculous. Farm, again, Farmington Newt, okay, last season played Campbell. Okay, it's absurd. We just rolled up Laconia on the road, a Laconia team that was in Division Two. So come on, stop. I mean, you, you just, you know, everybody wants to be, you know, uh, you know, Abe Simpson yelling at the cloud, shaking his <laughs> fist. But it's really, really good for these kids. And a program like Winnesquam, who's really down in numbers, but they've got legit, really good football players over there, a bunch of them. And a really good coach in Pat Riverty. That guy knows how to coach offense. I mean, he yep. beat Bo when he had, you know, Timmy Harmon and Kristen Serrano. We covered that game, uh, which got a ton of views, by the way. So it's really fun for me to see those teams in a competitive atmosphere. And, and I, Jen and I are really excited. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of bring anyone, everyone behind the fourth wall here. When it gets cold out. Jen and I start doing Saturday afternoon games. Yeah, Dave, Dave mentally checks out when the temperature gets below 40 degrees. He's like, can I? You can tell Dave's checked out when the game's a blowout or if the game is cold. And if it's both, sometimes he'll just leave. He's like, Jen, you got the rest of this? All right, I'm out of here. I'm sorry. Honestly, honestly, be honest here. Have I gone five straight minutes without saying a word during one of those games when it's freezing cold? Oh, easily, like yeah. <laughs> You're just looking for a sharp object to impale yourself on. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I was 150 feet above the field at Laconia last week, and guess what happens 150 feet above the ground? It gets a little colder. 
Uh, it gets a little colder up there. We were down on the field after, and it was fine. Like in the 60s, it was fine. But I'm telling you right now, when you're, when you're on top of a press box, it gets a little windy up there. So, yes, Jennifer and I have been co-conspirators in Saturday afternoon games, starting with uh, Plymouth and St. Thomas this Saturday. That's going to be a good one anyway, more, yeah. Could not be more excited about all right, so one of my uh, one of my three up, and it's not going to shock anybody, but uh, after a big win on the road last week, I'm going to go with the Monadnock Huskies, Dave Haley. Oh, that's a good one. I almost had them. That's a really good one. Yeah, four and zero, and that was. I mean, I think you, you kind of learned a little bit about both teams last week, right? Where uh, Monadnock had to had to come from behind after they got they got up ten points, then Trinity came back, and the Monadnock came back with a winning touchdown. So I think Trinity, you know, we are who they thought they were now. Uh, looking at their first few games, and Monadnock still, along with Campbell, you know, maybe one and one A of uh, Division Three. Yeah, I wrote that today that I had written last week. I said we're going to find out if Trinity's a bona fide contender. They are, um, you know, and Monadnock was that's a really impressive win. We're going to have Ryan Avery, their head coach, on uh, the radio show on Saturday morning. He's going to be the guest with Pete and I uh, from nine to ten. But uh, that's a really good win on the road for Monadnock, and they're such a veteran team, you know, Chandler Matz and Tim Hart, and, uh, of course, Tim Santaw, their quarterback. So really impressive. But Trinity, they're doing a, you know, they're doing a, Rob Cathcott's doing a really good job over there, and Foster Stacy can throw it, John Tebow can run it. Um, and, and for them to come out of the box like this and, you know, compete with one of the best teams in the division after having a, you know, a JV season a year ago, it's Really good job by Trini. So impressive by them. But yeah, great win by Mananok. There you go. All right. Who's your second uh, of uh, three up? I go with Stevens Cardinals. Oh, you stole my thunder. I think we're not getting enough love to Paul. Paul Silva's team always gets a lot of love from us. They're sort of one of our favorite programs, but they are looking people, and uh, their schedule is going to get a lot tougher in the next few weeks. But they've been really taking care of business, and they got a lot of kids. Again, I covered them last year. They got a lot of kids back that, you know, I covered Keegan McAllister, Quinton Bicknell. Um, they routed Epi Newmarket in their opener. They shut out Newport. Uh, two shutouts in their second game as well against Newport. They beat Interlakes Moltenboro 42-7. to That's the only seven points they've given up all season. Mm. And they beat our buddy Danny Hodson 41 to nothing. That Summersworth team competed with Laconia on the road. Like, yeah. they, they battled Laconia two weeks ago, so... Don't you know? Look past the fact that Stevens beat them uh, forty-one to nothing. I believe that game was in Summersworth, wasn't it? I, I believe it I believe so. Yes. So yeah. it's, a, it's a long drive, and then a buck kicking when they got off the bus. Yeah, Baylor, Baylor uh, Rizal has uh, they got some great names by the way. Keegan McAllister, Baylor Rizal. This is like if you wrote like a, a screenplay of your like your Seacoast team or something like that. Some corny screenplay you were going to try to get made, which will never happen, by the way. You'd be making up these kind of Pascal Lemieux. I mean, come on. they got great names up there in Claremont. So, we already uh, have a development deal for the uh, the Fighting Mike Isaac story, just uh, so, just FYI. But go ahead. It's a, it's a horror movie. Uh, so <laughs> for you. Let's look at who they've got. they got Kirasaz, winless Kirasaz Mount Royal at home, uh, which is really surprising. Then they got a fun trip on Columbus Day weekend when I will be way up north in Pittsburgh, but they will be in Laconia to play the Sachems. And then they go Lebanon Trinity in a row on the 13th and the 19th. So Stevens uh, is going to be tested, but they're certainly a playoff team. And if you're Paul Silva and that crew over there, uh, you're talking home game. That's what you want. Yeah, and uh, with that, the Trinity loss uh, kind of helps them out because now they're one of the undefeated teams in Division Three. So, uh, you know, checking out how that might break down. That could, they, 
be a big help they for them. They get Trinity at home, which is big. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's a fun game. Trinity going to Claremont. That, that's just a fun matchup that we haven't seen probably in a year. When's the last time Trinity played uh, Stevens in football or anything for that matter? Yeah. I mean, Trinity is the team that, like, you can't claim. If they have football banners, there's, like, seven different divisions listed. Right. You know, I, I, there's probably an A, B, and a C in there. And, yeah, you know, C block and uh, whoever else. They've been in every other division, it feels like. But, um, yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, Trinity's been impressive, but uh, Stevens going up there, you know, we talked about it last week or the week before in this podcast, how fun it is to go up to Stevens. If you're, again, if your son uh, graduated and you used to you love going to Friday night games and you're sort of feeling the lull, I would go up to Claremont. I'd yeah. go see a Stevens game, like a big Stevens game at home. You won't be disappointed. And there's a lot of fun restaurants at Claremont. You know, if you, you go up there with your husband or grab your wife or whatever, or some friends, and just go see a Stevens home game up there and go out to dinner up in Claremont, like, uh, yeah, Claremont's, recommend it more. Claremont's like sneaky underrated. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I co signed that. It's sort of like, it's a little bit like Keene. I, I went to college at Keene. I don't know if I've ever mentioned Have you ever that. mentioned that? No. Oh, okay. No, no, Keene State College. And, uh, and it's like, we used to joke, like, Keene's an hour and a half away from everything, you know? It, it feels <laughs> right. like it's not, even, like, Boston, it feels like New York is not that far away. It's like, <laughs> everything's an hour and a half. Like, it's in the middle of sort of, like, you drive, and you're just kind of driving through, like, the mountains, and all of a sudden, boom, here's this cool little downtown. Keene is awesome. Claremont's the same way. When you drive into Claremont, like, there's a bunch of, like, fun restaurants, and there's places to shop, and... uh it's a great little town. I, I really enjoyed it up there. Absolutely. All right, so from my second team uh, of three up, three down, I'm going to go with my St. Thomas Saints, who you'll be visiting uh, on Saturday afternoon. After oh, you, you've adopted the Saints? <laughs> well, they're a Seacoast team. They're all mine. Uh, all right, even, when, even when teams struggle. Summersworth is mine, too. My uh, mine, uh, 0-4 uh, Summersworth Hilltoppers. My 4-0 St. Thomas Saints. After maybe the game of the year winning at Milford, I was talking to Mike Z about this yesterday at, at the uh, at the UNH press thing. He said it was uh, just just a phenomenal game and uh, always tough to win at Milford. And this is kind of a different St. Thomas team. They're not, they're not killing teams like they have in the past. They're really kind of uh, grinding out some wins here. I wrote about it today. They're struggling to run the ball. And so I think it's going to be really interesting for me to see what Plymouth does defensively. Uh, that's a very smart football team, obviously. And, you know, St. Thomas is going to want to throw the ball all over the place. I'm not saying they can't. They, I mean, the thing with St. Thomas is there are a lot of teams with good quarterbacks that don't really – I don't really want to pick on the kids. This has been a few years ago, but, you know, we've seen some elite quarterbacks that don't really have the receivers to match. St. Thomas right. has the receivers to match. I mean, you know, Will McClain and Jack Benelli and uh, Derek O'Brien, um, they got a bunch of kids who really can make plays and – they lost Tim Bouchard last year, but they've been able to kind of fill in with a, you know, a bunch of guys who are playing it. So, yeah, I think that would be interesting to see um, is, is how Plymouth defends them because right. St. Thomas has struggled to run the football. and I don't think Plymouth is the team that you say, oh, we're struggling to run the football, but then we play Plymouth, and, boy, we, we figured <laughs> it all out that day. Yeah, and if you have if you have decent receivers, which is a luxury in uh, high school football, because as we've seen, you, know, you can have a good quarterback, kid runs the right route, quarterback hits him in the hands and he just drops it. But if you have yeah. if you have receivers you can rely on, you can use uh, you know a short passing game as a quasi running game. So maybe that's what uh, that's what Coach Brown will end up doing. But who knows? But that, that that's one of my teams up just because of the gritty nature of their wins. Three out of four on the road to start the season, uh, and, and and not not some cupcakes either. You know, winning at Milford, winning at Alvern. So good. They good. played the toughest schedule. I talked to Ryan Brown, their coach, who's also athletic director, and 
he knew they had a brutal schedule. I mean, they've won at Alvern, at Sauhegan, and at Milford. I mean, right. that's really hard. And I, I think Milford's very good. We're, we are covering um, the other game we're covering this weekend. Friday night is Sauhegan and Milford. And I think both those teams are playoff teams. So he has lost two games by seven points each. Yeah. You know, to, to good teams. So they lost to St. Thomas and Alvern. So you know they got Nick Chris Lone's back. Like they 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 got a good team. So um, yeah, we shall see. My third and final team that's up is uh, is Pete Terry's Nashua North Titans. It is not his real alma mater, but it's oh, he's he's adopted alma mater. He's switching. He's going from south to north. Yeah, well, you know, South, is, South had you know had a lot of injuries last week against Merrimack, so we're not giving up on South. But um, and those two teams play each other this week, but they beat Manchester Central on the road, thirty-four to twenty-seven. Uh, they lost thirty-one to seven in their opener against Bedford uh, at home. Uh, really uh, beat up on Goffstown pretty good, forty-eight to twenty-two in week two on the road. Uh, beat Memorial, who struggled for a while. And then get this huge win over Central. So they their schedule now they get South right now, which is kind of like a road slash home game, right? Because it played Stellos anyway. Mm-hmm. But they're like technically the road team, so they're going with the White Unis. They go at BG, who's one and three. Then they play Keene at home. So they're three and one now. If they can get by South, they got a good chance to be six and one heading into a game at Merrimack, and that would be a game I think that will Merrimack also three and one that will decide who wins that, that conference. That could be like one of the games of the year on October 19th uh, against Merrimack. All right. Uh, my third team up, I'm going to go with uh, the Winnicott at Warriors, who have won, what is it, 19 games in a row at this point? Only 19 games. Only 19 games in a row. And heading into their biggest game of the season, obviously, when they host Exeter on a uh, Saturday afternoon tilt at 1.30. By the way, Sherm Chester, the uh, the voice of God, uh, yeah. is so I, I'm imagining is so happy UNH is on the road this weekend. That means he can go to Hampton and watch his beloved Blue Hawks uh, take on Winnicott. He, he had to miss the game last year. He was heartbroken. But that should be a fantastic game. And I think you're going to see what Winnicott is really made out of. They had a nice win at Wyndham, and then you know had to play Portsmouth Oyster River Spalding. And a Dover team, which just confuses the heck out of me, uh, yeah. But <laughs> we had a great performance. It almost per- seems like people are starting to figure Dover out a little bit, though. You know what I mean? They're starting to take certain things away. Right, I don't but- mean they're figuring out what Eric Kumba's going to do, but all of a sudden I think they're taking away certain things from them. I mean, you know. Right, I think- but, I, I, you know, they laid an egg at, at Wyndham, but a pretty decent showing against Winnicott. So who knows what who knows what Dover is? But uh, but I think they're going to find out what they're made of against Exeter Winnicott as far as this season goes. So I wrote about this today in the column um, at Chris Petsy. Uh, who was way before I knew you, I knew Chris Petsy, uh, who was unbelievable basketball player, player of the year, I think, in my first year for Exeter. He told me way back when that he's like, this is the best rivalry in the state. I remember thinking he was adorable. I'm like, oh, that's cute. So was Guilford Laconia. Uh-huh. You know, and he was right, man. And, and like, you and I have been at these Exeter Winniconnick games. I did the game with Jen last year at Winniconnick for basketball, where it was an absolute zoo in there. And I wrote today the best signs I've seen were – what was the name of the gorilla? That got it was a couple of years ago. It was uh, Exeter Killed Harambe. Yeah, and then uh, – <laughs> yeah, and then I may have had it backwards that I said Winnicott killed him. But uh, of last year the Exeter kids had uh, – the Winnicott kids had signs that said uh, Exeter kids eat tide pools. So <laughs> tide pods. So we had that on camera. I remember telling Jen, I'm like, get that on camera. Yeah. And uh, it's really an unbelievable atmosphere kind of – talked about it in my column today where like again 
you know, I think there are a lot of people that listen to this that maybe no longer have kids that that play, or they're just fan, or or maybe you're playing Friday night. You know, you're you're. If I'm a high school kid listening to this or a coach, you got to go to one win a win a con at Exeter game. You just got to go for that atmosphere. It's absolutely ridiculous. Sure, absolutely. All right, so that's uh, that's the uh, that's three up. So uh, Dave, I'm gonna let you. Uh... We always start positive and then go negative. I don't know if we should mix it up next week or not, but it feels. Feels like we're cutting on people. Yeah, maybe we should start off with uh, with three down next time. But anyway, but <laughs> we'll start off with that. But anyway, I think we just bummed each other out. Yeah. All right. So three down. Who you right, got? So I got Kenneth down. Kenneth um, mm. dropped to two and two last week, and it wasn't the fact that they lost. The fact that they lost at Plymouth, forty-two to seven. I I thought that Kenneth had closed the gap a little bit. I guess Plymouth, you know. As our dear friend Eric Saucier said about the Conan Orioles, it's it's the uniforms don't win the games; it's the kids in them. So, you know, people can say, "Oh, Plymouth, Plymouth, Plymouth has a lot of kids." I mean, that coaching staff is doing a terrific job. You know, they got Steve Shootback and Owen Brickley, and trust me, they got playmate Patrick Malm. They got playmakers, but mm-hmm. they lost a lot. You know, I mean, look at every kid I interviewed pretty much after that game in the championship, and they're all off in college someplace. You know, so uh, you know, Garrett Maycomber's moving the chains over at Endicott. So. You would have think that Kennedy had closed the gap a little bit. They've got two really good running backs, and um, they've got some Jacob Stearns and some other veteran kids on the line. Uh, to lose 42-7 to had to be uh, tough on those guys. I, I, I thought they would compete a little more than that. They get two wins now over Pembroke and Merrimack Valley, who are two of the lesser teams in the division. I don't think either team has won a game. And here's what Kenneth's got coming up. they got John Stark this weekend at home, which I think is – Absolutely, absolutely, positively a must-win game for Kenneth. They got to win that game. Then they go at Milford, which is is going to be really tough. I don't know if they're going to be Milford. Uh, they get my Guilford Belmont Golden Eagles, who have uh, fluttered gently like a feather back to earth after a two and zero start. Listen, we're young, we're sophomores. Then they go at Bow and then Kingswood in the season finale. So I'm not sure what record's going to get you in, but right now. You know, they're looking at maybe a 500 record if they lose to John Stark, and that's not going to do it. That's not going to get you in. And I know Kenneth is a team that felt going in the season like they were a playoff team. Right. Okay. Uh, first one of my three down, and I can't remember. I might have talked about this a couple of weeks ago, and I know they've had a little bit of a tough schedule, but what's going on with Newport? Uh, traditionally, that's a great football school, and they're just having a hard time scoring points at all against anybody so far. Last week at Hillsborough during Hopkinton, they took a 47 47- uh, nothing lost. Almost put a fifty burger on the board to the Red Hawks. So, what's up with that? Yeah, they're own four. So I don't know if that's a hole you can climb out of. And you know, I think they just at this point lost too much. They lost a lot of seniors last year. Ethan Hood was a kid who didn't put up a ton of yards, but he was a good little quarterback for them. Uh, they had a kid. Uh, I think it was Cam Ackerman, who was like a really good wide receiver. I covered those guys in that Stevens game. I always talked about, and they beat Stevens pretty pretty decisively. I want to say they won by two or three touchdowns. Um, but they lost a lot of kids. Peter Tebow was a Chad kid who, um, participant who, you know, had a great, he started on the defensive line for the West team in the Chad game, you know, as a, as a D3 player. So there's lost a lot, you know, yeah. and, uh, coach Boone isn't there anymore. And I just think it's, uh, it's just been a, that's a good division. I just don't think you could hide, you know, if you lose, right. if you're not that good, you're going to get exposed in division three, the new look division three. The so. new look division three. All right, Dave. Let's continuing the misery. Who's your second team down? Well, we're staying in the division. Uh, you would think this gives me a lot of pleasure and happiness because this was my arch rival 
to me, they were Russia when I was growing up in eighth grade at Guilford. You know the famous story of Fergus Cullen and I and yeah. the rest of our eighth grade team enjoying Rocky Four to get ready for the Laconia Sachems. But uh, I've made amends with Laconia. We uh, were on very good terms, the Sachems and I. Um, and uh, but I, I, that's a disappointing loss at home to get beat forty-eight to twenty-seven, and it was forty-eight to twenty. Uh, I think it was forty-eight to nineteen actually uh, before. Campbell put all the subs in. Laconia scored a late touchdown. Uh, they lost their opener at home to Hillsborough during Hopkinton. Uh, got a home win over Kearsaw's Mount Royal. Was able to go on the road and beat Summersworth 22-6. But against Campbell, they looked outclassed. They, they looked good early. They drove right down the field um, before my body temperature went to 88 degrees. Hmm, and they were we able go. to score a touchdown on the first possession. <laughs> Listen, this is my turn. It's my, t- <laughs> my part of the party. It's my turn. And so... Hey, you're not prepared. You don't dress well enough. So, like my mother. So, um, they got Epping Newmarket on the road this weekend, and I fully expect the stations to be three and two next week. Um, but then they got Stevens at home at Monadnock. They got Newport at home, and then at Annalise Swantonboro. So, there's. I still think they're going to be a playoff team. Um, I absolutely think they're going to be a playoff team. But Jake Steele took a really scary hit to the back of the head in that game. He got knocked out of the game. He was he was okay. He wasn't moving for a second, and it was really scary um, along the sideline. But he got up, and he was okay after the game. Uh, but, you know, without if they don't have him this week, that's going to be really tough. they got a kid, Kelby Brooker, who can really run it. And the thing that surprised me is they threw it a ton against Campbell uh, with Carter Greenwood. That tells me they didn't think they could run on Campbell. Mm. So that tells me they think they were going to get beat at the line. I think Craig Cousins had to switch it up and try to throw the ball. So I think for Laconia coming in, weren't they for you, like in Division Three? weren't you like, oh, Laconia has always been that team in D2 that really competed, almost made the playoffs every year, really storied program. Yeah, and you're like, okay, kind of now they're in the right division. Yeah. They're, they're going to want some, right? Didn't you think that? I thought they'd step in and throw the right weight around a little bit, but it hasn't quite happened that way. No, it hasn't. So, and they're getting kids back from injury. So, they got playmakers. You know, they got kids who, who, are, who are really good football players. Um, they don't have a ton of depth, but um, we shall see. Yeah, against Campbell, they got really outclassed in the third quarter, but I also think Campbell could be. I think Campbell is really, really good. Indeed. Like, really good, really well coached and really talented. All right, Dave, I hate to do this for my second team down, but. The no. Guilford, Belmont, and Golden oh, Eagles. On, Back-to-back weeks giving up 40 points. Blanked. I know they were home against Bo, but still, I, uh, maybe a chance to get healthy at Kingswood this weekend. But come on, Dave. What's up? You can't give up 40 points two weeks in a row. What's going on there in, in, in the Lakes region? Sophomores. We're learning. You're learning on the play. Listen, you played Bo, Bo and Plymouth back-to-back. Have you, have, you, have you been to Durham lately? Those I have. have been there. <laughs> I mean, come on. Bo is... Uh, Bo's on the schedule, too. We're going to be covering Bo, uh, I think, next week when they play Merrimack Valley, Jennifer Chick Ruth, and uh, and Matt Corsetti, power forward, former All-State power forward. I don't think he was All-State. All-State <laughs> power forward. I was going to say All-State. Jim Mulvey once said to me, he goes, I've counted how many kids you call All-State, and I believe it's 78 kids. I'm like, hey, listen. There's four you divisions. What, I mean? what do you want? All-State caliber. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not going to defend my Gilbert. I don't need to defend them. I think they're going to get a wow. win at Kingsway. They're going to be three and two, and – if you remember, if you ever watched America's game, the Super Bowl champions, John Gruden, when he was coaching Tampa Bay, went into the Philadelphia. They lost again, mm-hmm. and he came out and he told Warren Sapp, I got him now. I know their plays. I know how to beat them. That's what I believe. I'm just making this up in my head. 
Guilford Belmont did when they played Plymouth. They're like, oh, you just wait. We get them again, we're going to beat them. That's what's going to happen. We know their plays. Does that sound at, at, at all convincing? It didn't feel good. That's a cricket is what that was, Dave. It was, it was 40 to 7. <laughs> it, was, it, it wasn't it was good. No, it wasn't. All and right. Plymouth was, Plymouth was very good to my Guilford Golden. <laughs> get out of there with some dignity. All right, who's your last team down? I got to go. This hurts, too. So I don't like, you know, hurting feelings. We're not super negative when we say this. We're just trying to be positive. You know what? I should change it to Spalding just to be a jerk. But I like, <laughs> I'm not doing this for you. I'm doing it for my friend Kevin Hebert, who I respect, and I think he's doing a really good job over there. I got to go Concord, um, ah. who's now dropped to two and two. They got a lot of talent on that team, you know, and, and, and we know Eric Brown's a terrific coach. Um, so I just think it's a little disappointing that they lost a Goffstown. Uh, 34 to 17. I know it was at Goffstown. I know Goffstown was playing for their lives, so to speak. A desperate um, team, yeah. Yeah. Um, they still own what I think is a good win over Nashville South, 28 26 in week one. They beat up on BG, 23 to 6 in week three. They got run over yeah. by Bedford, but they're not alone. There's they're, three other teams. They're going to win their next back. two games. They're going to, they play Keene and Memorial at home. So those are, exactly. those are, those are a couple of W's. Right. So that puts them at four and two. And then, then they, they got and it, Merrimack, Merrimack at home, and yep. a game that that game got moved to Thursday night. And I think we, there have been some um, negotiations from the NA Sports Page headquarters to get that game covered on a Thursday night. We may have a Thursday night special. Right? What was we up with that Thursday night? What's uh, what's what's the deal there? Uh, it's for the memorial services that weekend for Leo Sadei. Oh, oh, yes. Passed away, was on that championship team we covered. I, I was heartbroken to hear that news. Um, as a lot of people in the New Hampshire high school football community were. We remember Walter Endy and Leo Sadeh. Remember those two kids? Absolutely, and, yeah. And then, oh, who was the wide receiver I loved on that team? He was also in the band. Oh, I'm so mad. I can't remember his name. Um, but anyway, that was a really great Conquer team, um, and it was really, really sad, heartbreaking, really, to hear the passing of Leo. It's a kid that we interviewed on camera, and uh, that hits us on the gut when you hear something like that. So, so that game's going to be moved to a Thursday. So I'm not like totally down on Concord because I really like Zach Miles and Isaac Laddy, and they got playmakers, um, and they're not out of it. But to lose at Goffstown, I think you know if they win that game at Goffstown. I think they're in the three up, and you're like, okay, they're three and one. They play Keene Memorial. They're going to be five and one. Things are looking good. You know what I mean? You're sure. five and one heading into Merrimack Central and North, and you got a real shot. That Goffstown, that now the, it's razor thin. The uh, the line of you know in or out. All right, and my final team is down, and I hate to do this because uh, you know they're uh, no, no, no. Well, oh no, of course not. Spalding, doing anything wrong. Spalding's where we, we thought they would be. Okay, well, uh, uh, no, they're not. You picked them to be. <laughs> I pick them to beat everybody. You know this. I walked oh, out. I think you. Now, be honest. No Go one's ahead. listening. Well, there's about a couple hundred people a week listening. Go ahead. You thought they were going to beat Portsmouth Forest River. No, I, mean, I thought it would be a little more competitive, but they, uh, the first quarter was just a wipeout. And then after that, they played okay, but they, they got down yeah. 21 points in the first quarter. And it, it was. It, I talked to Kevin Hebert this week, actually. He was, like, he was like, I don't know what happened. He's like, we played so well at Winnick on it. You know, you know for, we were in it for like two and yeah. a half quarters. He's like, then we came out and we laid an egg in the first quarter, and that was it. And they got it to within two scores in the fourth quarter, and then the wheels came off again. But uh, they, they, wait, they, they, Hold on. Before you name your team, wait. Let me do something real quick. Go ahead. Before you name your team, let me – Spalding, I want to look at their schedule real quick. Because I'm telling you, Spalding, so who they – okay, so, so they got – Okay, Dover. Like Dover this week. Yep. 
then they're in big trouble. Yes. They're at Exeter, Glenbury <laughs> home, at Salem. But that last game, first of all, they could compete with Dover this week. And I'm telling you right now, they could get out, they could go beat Timberlane. If they're competitive at the end of the year, and then they beat Timberlane at home to close the season with Cam McIsaac blowing his, his, his brains out trying to get that harmonica or, Trumpet. or trombone or what what do you play? Trumpet. There you go. How dare you? <laughs> You've only known the kid ten years. Come on. Oh, for crying out loud. He's a bowler. For, uh, <laughs> He's a, a bowler. He's a fantastic bowler. He's very good at air hockey, too. I can see that. He beat about 7-3. But if they can beat Timberland in the season, that's really like Kevin Heber can be like, okay, look at what we're doing here. We competed yeah. you know, in a lot of our games. We just we got a good win. And You know what I'm saying? Like That's the goal where you're like, okay, we're building in – and you go in the off season, you're like, all right, we're building something. This thing, you know, I know when I talked to him, he had a bunch of underclassmen. I think like freshmen, sophomores. So yeah, those kids are like they get, in bold. They got some kids with some talent. I talked about your team. That's what, yeah. You know what? Just because of that, I'll go with Spalding as my my third team down. So there you go. But uh, they 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 they're about where I thought they would be. I, like I said, I did think they'd be a little more competitive with the Portsmouth Oyster River. They got some. You know, it's if you watch any any one of their games, they'll have like. I don't know. They'll have like two or three drives where they look like they know what they're doing. Like they okay, it's clicking. They're getting this offense. They're they're and then they'll just you know they'll shoot themselves in the foot, which is what you kind of That's expect. A young team. Yeah. That's what happens. So I yeah. I'm not you know I'm not you know, both of my teams right now UNH and Spalding are are combined zero and seven. So it's been a little bit of a depressing. And my pro team is one and two. It's been a little bit of a depressing football season so far, Dave. But I, uh, trending in the right direction are Spalding. I one week ago said that Notre Dame was the worst three and O team in the nation. They are not the worst four and O team in the country because my man Ian Book threw five touchdowns. We finally made a change at quarterback. Uh, how did you? How did you judo throw this to Notre Dame? How did that happen? Brandon Whitbush, love you, mean it, but stop it. Stanford, Stanford this this Saturday night. Get ready for that one. Um, well, last question before we go. Um, and there's a team out there was spared your third down because of Spalding. So Spalding took a bullet for somebody. That's so right. That's what we do. We're heroes. We're, you know, here's my ranking of what it meant when I saw this yesterday. I go the birth of my, my one and only daughter, the, the light of my life, my Allison Nicole Haley mm-hmm. would be one. Jimmy Chitwood hitting the jumper <laughs> to be South Bend Central would be right there. Pat Carroll knocking down the two-point conversion in 1988 against the hated Miami Hurricanes. And then... The Creed 2 trailer. Oh. That would be the order of the greatest things my eyes have ever seen. Go- goosebumps on goosebumps on goosebumps. I, oh. I, there, were, there were like there were planes that had to be diverted because my goosebumps were too high. They had to you know send them on another route around Rochester. It was crazy. Yeah, I get. You, you know when you see something like you get so excited you make like a strange noise comes yeah. out of your mouth. Yeah, like, you go oh. Like when <laughs> when Balboa stared down Drago in the ring, what could happen? Oh God, I can't wait! I may be asked to leave that the movie theater because I will be like first in line to go see this thing. Oh, we're going. You, oh. me, the big cat. And I think Wade Graham wants to come in, but the lines that absolutely got me, and I've seen that trailer literally five times. I've watched it, and I'll probably hang up this phone with you after the podcast to go watch it again. Is he said he he broke things in me that ain't been fixed. Oh, oh my God! <laughs> you know we thought they were like. Okay, I went I, not to turn this into a Rocky podcast part two, but after I went and saw a Rocky Balboa in the theater, where uh, you know where he goes and fights the young kid, and uh, you know the exhibition yeah. fight, and it, it leaves to the cheers. I'm like, that's a great way to wrap up the series. This movie was fantastic. It was everything yeah. I wanted, everything that Rocky Five wasn't. I'm happy now. And then yeah. Creed came along, and all of a sudden, we got. I think we got like four more sequels in us, Dave. Oh my god! I mean, when I first heard that he was going to fight. 
Ivan Drago's son. I thought it was <laughs> the first reaction was it's going to be cheesy. I was like, oh, that's cheesy. Like, you know what I mean? I was like, even back in the day as an eighth grader at Guilford, I was like, what? We're going to the Russians. We're going to fight in mm. Russia. Come on. It is not cheesy. <laughs> 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 it's awesome. I'm a thousand percent. Like, I'll give him like $50. They're like, sir, it's $14. I'm like, you just keep No, it. here. I want this going straight to Stallone. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I just listen, just to hear Dolph Lundgren pull out an, a Russian accent again. Yes. I mean that's really I mean that's Christmas. That's oh, Christmas. I can't wait. It's gonna be fantastic. If you anyone listening to this, if you've not seen the Creed Two trailer, just stop just, what you're doing. Pull over the car and go watch You know what? It don't right don't now. waste time pulling over. Just watch it while you're driving. It's fine. No, no, no. It's fine. Don't do that. All right, well, that's <laughs> that's going to wrap it up as Dave and I are about to uh, go to YouTube and watch year, trailers again. What year weekend? Where are you going, North Carolina? Yeah, we're going to Elon. Uh, Trevor Knight's going to make the trip. Not sure if he's going to play. He was okay. throwing, but he's not throwing deep yet, so we'll. he's, he's kind of a game-time decision, Either I think. Either Oliver Luck, yeah. Yeah, so it's... Oh, uh, Andrew Luck, excuse me. Andrew... <laughs> Oliver Luck, what? Yeah, it's his dad. <laughs> that's how old I am. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, that's a must-win for UNH, so uh, 1 o'clock for the pregame on that one on Saturday. So hopefully we can uh, catch a W there. I always root for UNH, but every time they lose, draws you closer to being the announcer for Ari Brakefield's entrance at the, uh, <laughs> the Coach Perkoff's Jamboree. So I think Ari Brakefield and I are quietly rooting against UNH. Uh, Ari's already trying to coordinate with me because he knows I have a busy schedule about when his thousandth point might be, and he wants to make sure I'm in the building. So we're, we're, those negotiations are already underway. Oh, God. You won't be able to compose yourself. You'll need somebody I'm, else there. I'll have the, to go with you. <laughs> you stay away. You stay away from my, my adopted I was there nephew. I Colby Wilson's thousand point. You need to be there for Ari. <laughs> there you go. All right, Dave. Well, uh, we'll do this all again uh, next weekend. And remind people where the NHSportsPage.com cameras will be. Friday night, we're going to be in Amherst for South Hegan at home against Milford. We're really excited to see our Robin uh, Boquette's team. And our buddy Keith Jones. And then on Saturday, Jen and I are going to be in Dover. I'm really excited for it. Uh, St. Thomas at home against Plymouth. I mean, if you're anywhere in the Seacoast, I, I guess you got two unbelievable games on the Seacoast. You got Winnicott at home against Exeter. You got St. Thomas against Plymouth. It's not a day to be sitting inside or picking apples. You got to be at a football field on the Seacoast because both of those games are ridiculous. And Jen and I are really excited to cover that Plymouth uh, St. Yeah. Thomas game. You can hit the Deerfield Fair on Sunday when I'm going to. So there you go. All right. Oh, uh, never again. Never again. Staff picks on Friday. Uh, you can read Dave's column right now. Uh, just keep clicking refresh on uh, refresh on nhsportspage.com. And that'll wrap it up for this week. We'll see you next week.